0: On today's episode of Locked On 76ers, we talk about a tough defeat in Toronto last night for the Philadelphia 76ers, their final road game of the season. Fantastic road record, but not the way you wanted to end it. We do that next and much more right here next, Locked On 76ers.
1: You are Locked On 76ers, your daily Philadelphia 76ers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day
0: welcome you are locked on 76ers i'm divine givens of 97 father fanatic radio in philadelphia alongside my co-host and partner of the inquire.com sixers beat writer keith pompey keith what's happening man
1: Dude, it was good, D? What's ah, good? It was bad
0: last night? That's not good.
1: Nah, it was a bad loss. I mean, when you think about it, I mean, we got a lot to talk about, right? Yeah, we definitely do.
0: But before we get started, Keith, got to thank everybody for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. And remember, Locked On 76ers is free and available on all platforms, including right here on YouTube at Locked On 76ers. As well, Keith was well, people looking at us, seeing us on, on YouTube. They're looking at us and they're like seeing us shaking our heads, and uh, uh you know, all the motions that we're going through here with this game last night in Toronto. A uh, tough defeat, the 76ers falling by five 119, 114 to the Toronto Raptors, giving up a triple double to Siakam, Pascal Siakam, 37 plus with the rebounds and assists. Also, a triple double there. Uh, and the way that he was just simply able to do whatever Keith. He wanted to. So, we're going to get into that. We need to talk about James Harden and his subpar performance last night, some of the comments he made post game, and also a little later, we'll get into Doc Rivers and some of the things he said post game about possible opponents in the postseason with two games remaining. But, Keith, just to start things off, I thought defensively, a tough defensive performance for the Sixers after the first quarter where things just simply went the other way in Toronto. They were able to do whatever they wanted. Yeah, I mean, yeah,
1: it, it, it was that way. And and you know, it's to a point where, you know, a lot of people are gonna say, Matisse Fible wasn't there. And right. folks who don't know, Matisse Tibel is, is not vaccinated and he can't play in Toronto as of with well, January the fifteenth, if, if non vaccinated players can't play in Toronto, they can't travel to the country.
0: And it's fully vaccinated. Fully
1: right. yeah, fully yeah. vaccinated. So so here's the deal. I get it, but there was some other, like, it wasn't just one guy doing it. Like, okay, so you'll say, okay, uh, Matisse, we're going to pitch you on Pascal Siakam. So Pascal had 37. So Matisse may, like, slow him down a little bit. But who slowed down, like, Precious Achua and Gary Trent Jr.? Like, you know what I mean? Gary had 30 points, right? You know what I mean? These guys shot 15 for 33 for three. They were getting to the cup as easy as I've ever seen. It looked like, it looked like a layup line, man. Like they were just running up and down the court, just getting everywhere. And it was just, again, I know Matisse wasn't there, but again, Matisse wasn't there, but then also you had OG Obanobi. I just butchered his name. And And Anobi. Ananobi, all right. And then you had Fred Van Vliet. Uh Van Vliet wasn't there. So kind of like on this game, it was kind of like that's even Steven to me. And, and it might even be. I know Matisse is a great defender, but offensively, you know, you got uh, Fred. So it, it's one of those things where we just can't look at him like, OK, Matisse wasn't there and they lost. Nah, dude, they just had problems, especially late in the game. Like like I know Doc and everybody was saying after the game, it started early. Dog, they was up 15 early.
0: Yep.
1: They was up 17 to 2. 17 to 2. So it didn't start early. It started like, as we always say, when they start getting into those rotations. And then all of a sudden, when Joel came off the floor, then all of a sudden you start seeing them getting slow walked, right? Mm-hmm.
0: And that's, to me, that's what happened. Yeah, so up 15 early on. First of all, the Raptors scored the first bucket, 2 nothing Raptors. The Sixers went on a 17 nothing run. They made five consecutive three-pointers. And it looked like, okay, they're going to be able to hold on and sustain this thing throughout the first quarter. You know Toronto is going to make a run. They're too good of a team with too many good players not to make a run, starting with Siakam and then you go to Scotty Barnes, Gary Trent Jr., In the way that they're well coached by, by Nick Nurse, you know they're going to make a run, and they did. And the Sixers, though, were still up after the first quarter by seven, I believe, and you still had that lead. You were also still up at halftime uh, despite the fact that Siakam was playing well in the first half doing what he does. But then it was really that third quarter, 15 points from Pascal Siakam in the third quarter. You also, as you mentioned, mixing. Gary Trent Jr.'s shots. He had some big shots. Presses to All of a sudden, he's become uh, Dirk Nowitzki when he plays against the 76ers because he's knocking down threes. I believe he had four last night against the Sixers. He had a walk-up three that put them up by 10 points in the fourth quarter. And the defense just was non-existent in the second half, Keith. And to your point, yeah, when, when Joel Embiid goes out, and the one thing that does hurt the Sixers outside of Matisse being the great, great defender that he is, it shortens the rotation, or pardon me, extends it a little bit more where you now have to go deeper into your bench. Um, Furcon Korkmaz had a really good game a few games ago against the Miami Heat where he had 20 points off, 18 points off the bench. But since then, he has seen spot minutes. Now he has to come off the bench, and he has to play a b- little bit more. Danny Green did more than enough in the starting lineup, giving you 18 points on six threes last night. He did his job, and then some by making the shot. You now have to be able to sustain, hold on, and keep those leads. I was looking at something, Keith, last night from ESPN that stated that the 76ers with 15-point uh, leads, they've blown seven 15-point leads this season and lost those games only second to the New York Knicks with eight in, during this campaign. That's unacceptable, man, and you saw it again tonight. The defense let let it up. They did not execute enough down the stretch in order to uh, do their part. Tyrese Maxey did his very best in trying to keep them engaged and keep them in the game. Getting to the basket, he got it within three. But after that, man, uh, just just tough loss for a lot of different reasons, for seeding reasons, because now they're up two in the standings on them. Boston lost to Milwaukee. Milwaukee jumps to two. We'll get into a lot more of that later on, but... There were a lot of ramifications from this game last night, standings-wise, but most notably because of what mentally, to your point of what we talked about on the last episode, was simply a mental hurdle for them, knowing that as tough as Toronto is, they can beat them in a series. And all this did was uh, a confident team like Toronto to simply let them know that they have no problem whatsoever beating the 76ers when they were are without two of their better players. So Keith, tough loss last night, two more games remaining in the season. We'll talk next about Doc Rivers and what he had to say post-game. But first we have to get to James Harden and what he spoke about after the game, after a three for 12 night from the floor for James Harden. Why that's a problem for the Sixers going forward. We'll get to that next right here, locked on 76ers. Yeah, it was
1: a tough one, man. It was, it was a tough one for the 76ers. But you know what, D? It's one of those things where, you know, bet online, right? And people, playoffs about to start, I'm pretty sure you're going to be excited about your games. See, betonline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports development, including this week's Master Championship odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. Bet Online, where the game starts. Do it today, people. Do it today.
0: Well, Keith, where did the game start for the Toronto Raptors? Because they turned it up, man. First, thanks again, everybody, for making Locked On 76 as your first listen. For your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast for nightly recaps of every NBA game with analysis from our local experts. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Go ahead, check it out. All of the 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 jockeying going on now with these playoff spots. While all the playoff spots are secure as far as the teams, we're now starting to figure out, again, the seeding. Uh, from top to bottom in both conferences. Last night, Miami, Keith, with the Sixers and the Celtics losing, they lock in the number one overall seed. But we got to talk about James Harden. Three for 12, 11 points, 14 assists or 15 assists? Um, he, he, had
1: a 15,
0: he had 15, 15 assists. assists. Mm-hmm. So clearly, early on, seeing how the game is going, feeling it out, seeing what he needs to do to set up his teammates. They're making the shots. You're not going to stay that hot. There's going to become a time where you have to also turn it up a notch offensively and be aggressive, as Doc Rivers has talked about, with Harden to get his own, to get his points to help the team out. And there was a stretch there in the second half, specifically in the fourth quarter when things started to get away a bit from the Sixers, where he needed to look for his shot, Keith, because Embiid was being double or triple team. They were switching things up with how they were using their their defensive uh, rotations and their matchups and their coverages and trying to throw him off. He was turning the ball over a little bit. So clearly something else needed to happen. Green was knocking his shots down, but he needs you to get him the basketball. Maxie did his part in the fourth quarter, also being able to penetrate and get to the cup, put that pressure on the defense, get fouled, get to the foul line, make his free throws. You needed James Harden to make shots. This is part of the reason, most importantly, it's the playoffs, but moments like this and big games like this in the regular season with uh, implications on this game, you needed him to do something offensively a little bit more. But the thing that bothered me most, Keith, about it and why we asked why this might be a problem going forward, he was talking about the spacing after the game. Now, Danny Green out there knocking shots down helps with the spacing. Tobias Harris hitting his shots early. Same deal and Tyrese Maxey, the exact same thing. Now, while Embiid wasn't knocking down deep jumpers, he was hitting a fair share of his mid-range work, and he's working from the nail, as James Harden said after the game. Well, if he's working from the nail and you're doing your part, he mentioned that part of the reason that's stopping him from getting to to the cup, you were there, is because of the spacing. Is this a problem going forward? Do you see it the same way as he sees it?
1: No, I don't, Um, you know, because there was one point early on where the Sixers were shooting seven for nine on three early on. And then I saw the possession where they tried to like Tobias, he he flagged, he, you know, he waved Tobias off, told him to go over in the corner, and Mm -hmm. then he won ISO. Right. And he ended up missing the shot. And I just feel like You know, the spade, it got to a point where maybe people start crowding around a little bit because they knew you weren't going to, like, pass it in that instance. Now, again, he did have 15 points. He, I mean, excuse me, 15 assists. I mean, he shot three for 12. He was one for four on threes. Now, he did make all six of his foul shots. He ended up with 13 points. But I just didn't see it that way. Now, what I think sometimes is when you have an elite player, a great player, Sometimes their selective memory is the thing that makes them great, you know what I mean. And you got to sometimes, you know, find figure out reasons why it didn't work out. But you know, now I get it. He said the spacing in the fourth quarter, but there was times where he just missed shots. He missed a couple layups. I think yeah, he really. may have. I think he may have hit, hit hit an air ball once. No, was, don't think he absolutely yeah. shot an air ball. back three point. Yeah, air ball. So, and this is like. It, correct me wrong, but he he did the same thing last game, the previous game they had. So now here's the deal: there was one time in the fourth quarter, he comes down, he hits the air ball. A couple of possessions later, he comes down and he and he just the ball. I don't know where it, if it went off his foot, if it went off his leg, but it was a it was a turnover. He was driving the lane. So again, I respect that the thing where you get the selective memory a little bit. Because that's the thing that makes him great. But you know, like you said, these were the opportunity. This, these are the situations why the Sixers brought him here yeah. for him to go out there and stand out and do what he could do. And he came up a little. He came up. He came up short. Now on paper it looks good, thirteen and fifteen, but he shot one for eight in the second half. When you you expect a guy of that caliber to step up. Um, I think he was, he was uh, one for four in, in the fourth quarter, but um, yeah, it was just a bad evening for him.
0: Yeah. And sure. The execution can be better. I agree with him with that. But what exactly what you're talking about when they realize how he's playing, maybe they're defending the team differently because of what he may not do because Mm -hmm. of what he may prefer to do by settling for those outside shots and they haven't been falling for him as of late. So he, as a veteran, knows it. And I, re- I take it back to his introductory press conference, he and Paul Millsap. And the, one of the questions asked was one of the more important ones was how he and Embiid were going to fit. And he talked about how two high-caliber players or whatever he framed it as, but high-level players. And I agree with him. You figure it out. And they figured out the pick and roll. We actually didn't see a lot um, you know, from them with the pick and roll last night. So – The thing that got me when he said that is they'll figure it out. Well, he is one that has seen every coverage. He has seen everything that the NBA defenses can throw his way. And what surprises me is that he's not figuring out, again, take those mid-range jumpers when they're there, finish finish the play first at the rim, worry about the contact after the fact, get your call, and most importantly, when your team needs you to do a little bit more, while you're assisting, and that's fantastic, and you are drawing defenses, he missed a couple of floaters, which we are accustomed to see him doing. But do some other things to get some points on the board, to slow down that run that the opposition is having, and give your team, a, a, you know, an opportunity to play defense the other way and get a run going yourself. So, the 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 pointing out the spacing and all of that. Uh, He's part of it, and he has to figure it out. When you're a high-level player, like he said, he has to figure that out. Now, they're going to have a full week, five days of of practice time before the playoffs start. Hopefully, it starts game one in Philadelphia next weekend uh, here. But, uh, you know, no more excuses. They have to get this done. This is why he was brought in. And one of the things that we need to finally talk about, Keith, uh, in our final segment is Head coach, Doc Rivers, you were there in the press conference. He has some, some memorable things to say in the press conference, one of which were not afraid to play anybody and the 3-1 series win by Toronto doesn't mean that they're a better team. Why he said that, what he meant, we'll get into that on the other side of his final segment here on Locked On 76s. But Keith, I got to tell you and everyone about Bilt Bar. Uh, have you tried the puffs? If you haven't, you're missing out on one of Built Bar's best tasting bars. Puffs are first ever protein infused marshmallow. They're fluffy. They're marshmallowy. They're not just a protein bar. They're a treat. And they're covered in 100% real chocolate. Puffs are a fan favorite by many with some incredible flavors from yummy cinnamon churro, coconut marshmallow, banana cream pie, mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, and the flavor of the month, white chocolate cookies and cream. All Built Bars are covered in 100% real chocolate, including the Puffs, 100% real chocolate. They're low in calorie, high in protein. Replace your candy bars like I have with these. They're better than a typical candy bar. You, combine, you compare the 130 calories from Built Bar to the 240 of a candy bar, the 4 grams of sugar versus the 30 grams of sugar, and the dozens of carbs that were there in the candy bars, only 4 net carbs and 17 grams of protein. So check it out. Go ahead. Go to built.com and check it out. Built bar. They are all about the taste. They'll make it delicious first and figure out the rest later on. Go to built.com using promo code Lock15. Get 15% off your first order using promo code Locked15 at built.com. All right, Keith. You were there for the press conference after this five-point loss, Doc Rivers throwing. It was you, wasn't it? Yeah, it was me. Throwing the question at him about Toronto Raptors having their number this season. He disagreed. <laughs> and uh, I think the record says otherwise with a 3-1 and record in a game where Van Vleet didn't play tonight, last night. OG Ananobi didn't play last night. If I'm not mistaken, one of them missed a game the last time they played as well um, when they beat the 76ers in Philadelphia the last time out. So I was a little taken aback. I understand that you know that this may be your opponent in the first round, or you may see them at some point in the playoffs, and you certainly don't want to tip your hand and allowing them to believe that you are free to play them in any series. But they did have the better end of the deal here taking the 3 1 series win this season.
1: Yeah, I mean it was it was different. I mean, but I understand where why he why he said. Sure.
0: That. Yeah. You know
1: what I mean? Because you don't want to make it seem like, I mean, you want your team to be confident and think they can win. But I just want to let people know that, you know, basically I did. I asked him, I said, uh what had can you basically can you put your finger on while why they had your number this season and the reason why i'm saying it is they won three games the one game that the 76ers won toronto won three the sixers won one is a game where toronto had six guys out due to covid right. and before that they had like eight guys out due to covid and they two of them came back for that game right so i asked doc rivers i says you know um, why does it, you know, what has it been the reason that Toronto seems to have, you know, have their number this season? He says, I don't think they have. So that's when I reminded him that Toronto won three to four games, and Doc came back and says, I don't still, I still don't think they have. But if you think that, that's fine. Like I said before, we will roll it up with anybody. Um, that wants us in the first round, and that's how we feel. Right. Now, I respect it. And, and you know, I, I do believe that, you know, you can you can go there and you can kind of turn things around. But the truth is that Toronto has definitely had their number. I mean, the Sixers couldn't. They, I mean, they struggled against them all at all times. And the thing is like we pointed out in the first segment, you know, they didn't have their starting point guard. They didn't have their starting small forward. You know what I mean? Pascal Siakam, who's a power forward, ended up playing the three, and he looked like he was a really good three. You know, so um, it's one of those things I understand it. I understand it, and I know he's going to say that. And then that's just like when I said to uh, James Harden after the game about avoiding playing them. He had an opportunities, like avoid it. So I just think that right now they're being extremely optimistic. But, D, as you point out, it's obvious that this team has had their number in the regular season.
0: Yeah, uh, clearly. uh, And and they beat them different ways, to your point. They beat them with everybody available. They beat them with a uh, COVID relief team. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And they beat them, again, where they didn't have a lot of people out there as well at their disposal for Nick Nurse. That just goes to show, number one, the culture that they have The great job that the coach does, Nick Nurse, and how he devises things. And even down 15 in this game in the first quarter with the barrage of threes being laid on them uh, on the defensive end, they never panicked. They just felt like that they can come back and make some adjustments, make the necessary tweaks to their defense to slow them down and also score on the other end because they weren't hitting shots early while the Sixers were. And that's how you walk away with the win. And this is going to be potentially a tough matchup. So, Keith, right now, after this loss, two games left for the Sixers, Saturday and Sunday, 1 o'clock Saturday against the Indiana Pacers, 7 o'clock Sunday, uh, both games in Philadelphia against the Detroit Pistons. And the Sixers have to now win one because they are only two games up on the Toronto Raptors after this loss. And if the Toronto Raptors beat the Houston Rockets, which will be tonight, uh, second night we a back-to-back for the – for the Raptors, but they are Scotiabank arena in Toronto, Houston. And then on Sunday against the New York Knicks, if they win there too, and the Sixers lose their too, they have the tiebreaker. Now the Sixers are in the fifth spot instead of the fourth spot in the Eastern Conference seating. Nah, you don't want that. Got to win one game. You have to win at least one game between these two. So then that leads me to ask the question, Keith, and I know you don't know the answer right now, but going into it, if you would have gotten to win last night, You would potentially look at this as Harden and Embiid getting both games off. Maybe. Mm -mm. Maybe. Mm -mm. Mm
1: -mm. No? Okay. And the reason being is because even though they would have won this game, like you still don't want – because, you know, Boston still has another game. Boston and Milwaukee. Yeah, Yeah. yeah, Boston and Milwaukee. So you don't want Boston winning. And then, or something happened. You understand what I'm saying? Like, and
0: but it, but even that, yeah. Jason Tatum didn't play last night.
1: True, but still, I mean, I I, I kind of think that Boston's going to win the next game, and then, but see, here's the thing about the bad thing about the Sixers. Now, again, you would probably rest them their final game, right? Okay, against, against Detroit, against, sure, but against Detroit. But the problem with the Sixers is Boston holds the tiebreaker over the Sixers. Milwaukee holds the tiebreaker over the Sixers. Um
0: now Toronto does.
1: Now Toronto does. So when you look at it, it's kind of like, wow, like if you're tied with any of these teams, you 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 slide below. Them. So to me, is right now this next game wasn't a game the rest. Now again, if they win that game, we're not gonna see probably not gonna see jo- Joel and James on Sunday. But Yeah, I'm here to tell you, like, I get it, what you're saying, but I just don't think that the Sixers at this particular time can afford to sit these guys, especially what we saw the last
0: couple games. Yeah, Um, and also, you know, I'm glad you said that because you're absolutely right because on Saturday, it's also Fan Appreciation Day. Uh So you can't can't not have your top players – out there playing on fan appreciation day. So
1: well, they did it last year. Did they? Yeah. That was the last, it's always the last game of the season, right? Yeah. And they were just letting fans back in the building, right? Yeah. And cause remember it was like Tyrese Maxey and Isaiah Joe started, and they was just basically do- dogging yeah. everybody. I don't
0: even remember that, but I'm glad you do. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, one, the one I remember is Iverson and Chris Weber, Back, back in 05, I think it was, whatever year that was, where they decided that they didn't want to show up for Fan Appreciation Day. That's the one I remember. Yeah. So, <laughs> But uh, uh, with Milwaukee's win over the Boston Celtics last night, they jumped to the number two spot. Celtics are half a game behind the Milwaukee Bucks and a game up on uh, the Sixers, half a game up on the Sixers after last night's loss to the Toronto Raptors. So, Keith... I guess they need to win against Indiana on Saturday afternoon uh, in order to pick up win number 50 and to kind of work on some things as James Harden also spoke about post game in these last two games.
1: Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It's going to be crazy.
0: Yeah, man. So, well, I guess we'll be back too to talk about uh, the game. We'll talk again a little bit later about the game uh, against the, Indiana Pacers, seeing if they lock things up. If they do, we'll maybe have a good sense of where they'll end up. If not, we'll certainly do that on Monday, but we'll talk to you again. Thanks for making Locked On 76ers your first listen every day. On our next episode, we will most certainly break down the game against the Indiana Pacers, the playoff ramifications, some more things changing as each day goes along. Sixers on Saturday against Indiana Sunday. Hosting the Detroit Pistons for the final game of the regular season. Now, make make your second listen. Locked on NBA. We're locked on experts covering the biggest stories around the NBA every Monday through Friday in less than thirty minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. Keith, well, we'll talk. We'll talk, uh, we'll talk t- later on. Talk tomorrow yeah. about the Sixers and the Indiana Pacers, man. Have a great rest of your evening, I mean, your day, sorry, and uh, we'll catch up then.
1: Yeah, same to you, D. Same to you. Thanks, man. All All right, peace.